My name is Peter. I'm a campus pastor at Journey Community Church up in Cleveland. Uh, we're a multi-site church. We will launch our fourth venue uh, around Christmas this year. Um, and so we're in the middle of a capital campaign and a building project and multiple different things at all times. So you get a frame of reference uh, for our church in comparison to your church. I think one of the dangers of moments like uh, these types of events is the comparison game that we get caught into. Like, oh, your social media is so much better than my social media. <laughs> Listen, do it in your frame of reference. So everything I'm going to say today, try to put it into a frame of reference of where you're at at your church, with your situation, with your size. Everybody's different. And here's the best part, the best piece of advice I can give you today. There's no wrong answer as long as it falls within your vision as a church. And so you're going to hear me talk a lot about uh, our church today, Journey Community Church, just simply because that's the experience with which I bring to the table. Those are That's the, the venue with which I've made a ton of mistakes in the social media world. And I can try to show you maybe some things not to do, uh, as well as some things that I would encourage you to try to do. Um, if you want to connect with me uh, at all, th- these are basically the things that I do uh, at Journey. Um, uh, if you're on a staff full-time, you know that there's about 30 other things that are underneath that that we never list that we do. Uh, for example, I was up this morning at 5 a.m. painting paint sticks uh, red on the front because we're launching a campaign this month called Love Ran Red, and we're doing this whole big thing. And because I'm the creative guy at the church, I was spray painting paint sticks because everybody at our church this weekend is going to get a paint stick with a red piece of paint on it just simply to help kind of drive home a message. And so then I got in the car and drove here. Uh, and so that's just the things that we do. Uh, I was a youth pastor for 15 years, uh, so that maybe any youth pastors in the room? No youth pastors in a social media room? Oh my goodness. Bunch of former youth. How many former youth pastors? And you're still in ministry. Awesome. Good. How many wish they were youth pastors again after the things that they currently do? No, none of you. We're doing a a man night at our church uh, on Monday, and uh, I'm in charge of that event. And so we're doing outdoor dodgeball in March because I was a youth pastor for 15 years. So I figured, hey, let's play outdoor dodgeball. So we're going to. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Um, th- these are the, some of the things that I do. And then these are the ways that you can stay in touch with me and you can be in connection with me if you want to. Uh, it's nothing special. It's really just pictures of me and my wife and my son. I have an 18-month-old son. His name's Jackson. And so when you have a, uh, your first kid, literally nothing else is ever on social media. It's just your kid. And, ooh, we walked. And, ooh, we peed. And that's it. So you can follow me if you want to. Um, if you don't, not a big deal at all. But these are the ones that I would encourage you to, to at least check out, at least follow. And again, not because we're experts and not because we're doing something amazing or, or right, just simply because it'll give you a frame of reference to the things that I say today. So this is our church's Facebook. Um, our Twitter and Instagram are the two areas that, and those are the three areas that we mainly focus on um, in terms of our social media. Uh, that's our, our universal hashtag, which I'll, I'll talk about here shortly. Um, and then we're, we're experimenting with Snapchat and Periscope. If you don't know what those are, that's okay. Um, they're Snapchat's mainly for teenagers and adults that wish they were still teenagers. How many of you have a Snapchat account? One, two, three people? I have one because this is what I do for a living, so I had to. And then Periscope is essentially live streaming with goofy people that comment that don't even know 
like we did a live stream at our church on Periscope, and this guy from Turkey was commenting on it. We were like, dude, you don't even live in the States. What are you doing? But anyway, so that's Periscope, and those are the things, you know, that, that we are currently uh, working on. We are not the church that, you know, is involved in, in every single social media, Pinterest and LinkedIn. We, we don't do everything. Uh, and here, here's the reality. You probably don't do every ministry at your church. We don't do every social media because we just can't keep up with it. We're trying to do some things well, and then as we grow and as we do something well, uh, we'll add more to it. And, and really, these three are really the, the core ones anyways. There probably will be a new one next week that a 13-year-old in Korea created at his computer. And now it hit, and it's now a huge thing, and we'll add that to our repertoire. But for now, uh, this, is, this is really kind of where um, you know, we, we live in. If you, if you, I, I'm supposed to go through a couple of, of house cleaning things here. If you have to go to the bathroom at any time, uh, there is a chemical cleaning sink. Right? I'm just kidding. Don't do that. When you came in, see, when you came in, there was a restroom right around the corner. You can use, you can use that if you want to. And then uh, uh, we'll, we're going to actually get started with some things. One of the things that I want to start off with here is before I jump into details about social media and starting a strategy for your church and, and all of those things, I really want to kind of glean from you what would be a win from you if you got one question answered today what would that question be? And, and the reason I want to ask it up front is I want to try to kind of flow that through um, a lot of what I'm saying today because I think it'll help us, you know, kind of set our trajectory here. So any questions that you might have that I can... Yes? So account creation, maybe, and the IT areas that go around that. Okay. Anybody else? How to get people in the door from social media. So maybe how, how to capture your audience and move them to your church. Okay. I saw a hand in the back. Yeah. How to increase the most likes in the least amount of time. How to what? Increase your likes in the least amount of time. In the least amount. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> increase likes quickly. quickly we're going to talk difference between likes and followers we'll, we'll cover that a little bit anybody else yes sir love it good that, that I'm going to answer that whole question for the next 45 minutes. So hopefully, it, that, ho- hopefully, hopefully you don't throw something at me at the end like, oh, you stink. Another? I see another hand. Okay, cool. At, at any point in time, uh, I grew up in the church. I'm a pastor's kid. Uh, I hate boring stuff. I, I say this in my church all the time. Church is not meant to be endured. It's meant to be enjoyed. So have fun today. Ask questions. Interrupt me. I don't care. It's not going to throw me off, and I really want to help your church. My goal for the today is not to show you how great Journey's social media is, because it really isn't that great anyways, or how much of an expert I am, because really I just am a guy that fell on my face for three years and figured out what I've known today. But I want to help your church be successful. 
whether it's in this room or in the weeks to come, Journey and myself particularly want to be a resource to you to help you in any way that we can. And, and I know you come to such sometimes and you hear that and you're like, ah, no. But no, seriously, we really do. We'll give you anything that we have totally for free. Uh, I've got some, um, some step-by-step guidelines, stuff that I can send you that we've done and, and hopefully that uh, will help you today. I put a quote up at the very beginning part of uh, the session, and, and this is something I want to kind of keep in front of you today. Never feel unqualified to spread the news of Jesus. Your life is a miracle, and the point of miracles is to point to Jesus. And I read this quote, and sometimes I think when we get into social media world, we we kind of backpedal off of what our actual purpose of being the church is. And we get into that, like, i got to get followers, and i got to get likes, and are people hearing me, and am I doing it right, am I doing it wrong, or was it the right time to post it, was it the wrong time to post it, what if this hashtag leads to some weird thing that somebody else created, and now there's this picture and that picture, and oh my goodness, and uh, how do I reach moms and dads and elderly and teenagers, all in the, and it gets so much overwhelmingness that we lose sight of the actual purpose behind what we do and why we do it. You know, uh, there's a reason why we've done church bulletins for 400,000 years, because they work, because they're, it's a way for us to communicate. So I want you to think of communication in, so, in the social media realm as, uh, it's the same way. You've got to do it consistently you have to do it with a strategy, and you have to do it in a way that it doesn't take the back seat to either your vision and your mission or your workload. Because if you're busy, this is one of the very first things that can go bye-bye, and what ends up happening is you lose your ability to communicate effectively and consistently to your audience. How many of you ever, have ever uh, you know, uh, posted uh, something on social media and you get like three likes? And you're like, oh my goodness, that was so good. I should have got like 70 likes. How many of you ever had that before? It was just a really good post. And now you're like, am I just really that bad? Like, am I a bad poster? Yeah, and then you see somebody else who posts a picture of a dog like smelling their feet and, and they get like nine gazillion likes. Or, and it's always that person that drives you crazy on social media too that has the most followers like you're you're leading a church and you're involved in a ministry and you've got 80 followers and then there's this you know eight-year-old who's had periscope for 10 minutes and has 30,000 followers on instagram and you're like what the heck is going on don't get caught in the comparison game stay focused on what your mission and your purpose is in the realm of your individual responsibilities as a social media strategist or coordinator or crony or minion or however you want to frame what this is in terms of social media. Your, your job is to point people to Jesus. And that's what really the first question, when you leave here today and you go back to your teams and, and you go back and you begin to develop a strategy, the very first question that I, I want you to ask is, what's a win for us? Like when we go back and we start posting content and, and we put up that the, the men are doing a man night, there's a dodgeball tournament or, or the, the VBS is happening in three weeks or Easter's happening or whatever you know, you're, you're going to do content-wise, what is the win? What is success for you? Is it likes? Is it favorites? Is it shares? Is it, is it just like for me? A lot of what we do at Journey, it's a win for me if the content that we put out there causes somebody to read the Bible, connect with Jesus, or connect with somebody else. That's a win. Why? Because that's the win on Sunday morning. 
Like when we stand at our pulpits and we stand on our platforms and we lead worship and we connect with people, our responsibility, our job, our goal is to connect people to Jesus. Now, granted, we want to connect them to our social networks first because that is the vehicle with which we'll use to connect them to Jesus. But our goal needs to be to point people to Jesus. So I want you to kind of throw out all of the preconceived notions or comparisons that you could have when it comes to social media. And I want to kind of kind of flex in a little bit of a different direction today. Um, I will make uh, my notes available to you if you want them. I'll put my email address up there at the end and, and you can ask. So if you don't want to take notes, um, I, I can provide you what I've got. Okay, so what I want you to do first, I want you to stop, I want you to pause, and I want you to contemplate that there is a better or a different way to do social media. And here's the fun part. Next year, we're going to have to spot, stop, pause, and start all over because social media changes all the time. And that's the reality. Social media changes all the time. So as you're building it, don't, don't uh, think that once I get it, I'm good. No, no, it's going to continue to change as things go forward. Um, so here are the three social media mistakes. I'm going to start here and then I'll expand uh, from there. The three social media mistakes that churches make. And the first one is the bullhorn approach. And, and again, I'm getting these out of the things that Journey did. Now, we're a church of, uh, we had 1,800 people a couple weeks ago. Uh, We're believing for 3,000 people on Easter. Um, Those are some of the things that I'll just give you as a frame of reference. Not to toot our own horn or anything like that, but to show you the the networks that we've built in comparison to the size we are. You'll be able to kind of see the correlation there, okay? So, but what we did for the first several years, I've been doing social media at Journey Now. This will be my fourth year. We just hired a person full-time to do social media at our church, um, mainly because we have begun to measure analytics over the last several years and realized how much of a reach we actually have. When we talk about this question to the audience and getting to go to your church, we've realized we do have a, a great ability to influence such a large number of people it's worth us investing in somebody to, to pay them to do this job uh, effectively. And, and so, but I did it for four, three or four years just as a member of our staff. And the first thing that I started doing is I just started posting things. Have you ever been there before? We were just like, well, they need to know this. They need to know this. And then within 10 minutes, you have 88 posts of every church announcement that's coming out on Sunday. And it's, it's there. That's what we did. We did the bullhorn approach. And we just blitzed it and we just made sure everybody knew everything that was happening and whether it applied to them or not or whether it was a good graphic or not or whether even words were spelled right or not. We just posted information and hoped that it, that somebody would like it and that they would share it. And what, what ended up happening is people started, stop, stopped following us. Like They were like, well, you just posted nine times that the sermon series is launching this week. I, I get it. Like Stop it. And we, we started to see a decline in following. Uh, and so this, this bullhorn approach is the digital equivalent of a soapbox. It really is. It's the ability for us to kind of stand up and just pitch whatever it is that we're trying to sell. Here, here's the really hard part with us and the seats we sit in. How many of you are full-time or part-time at your church? Full-time or part-time? Okay, volunteers? Should be the rest of you? Okay. For most of our full-time, part-time, and probably a significant amount of our volunteers, I don't think you'd be here today if you weren't really entrenched in the day-to-day, See, you know everything that's going on in your church. But the reality is, the people that are following you, they don't. They have jobs, they have kids, they have bills, 
And they don't live in the world that you live in. And so when we sit behind computers and we start scheduling all this stuff to go out, sometimes we think we're communicating, but what we're really doing is we're shoving things in people's faces in the midst of everything they've got to do. So you have to kind of lay off. What we had, what we had to do is we had to step back and go, are we yelling at people? Like, are we trying to force these events on people? And we really did the bullhorn approach for a really long time. So as you're navigating, you know, point to Jesus, what is, what is your strategy? The second step of that is defining for your church what is valuable versus invaluable content. Now, here, here's the hard part. For every church, it's different. And for every season, it's different. And it really depends on the strategy of your lead pastor. So like our lead pastor, Pastor Jim Wilkes, he, uh, he is, we're in the middle of a, a, of a capital campaign right now, and we're in a big season of pushing groups. And the reason we're pushing our journey groups so large is because, again, we're 1,800 people, and what we've learned is as we get bigger, we have to find ways to get smaller or nobody feels connected. Like, you're, we're all like that. We want to be connected to people. So literally for like the past eight weeks, every, a lot of, almost every one of our posts, every one of our conversations, every one of our sermons, the word groups has been mentioned in some way. So right now, I have to choose. This is valuable content. We stopped doing some other things. I'm going to show you our Facebook wall and our, our Instagram wall to show you the difference in what we've done. Um, and then you have to evaluate announcements versus content. Announcements versus content. Ask yourself this question in your communication strategy. Let me, let me, let me reverse for a quick second. A social media strategy is in addition to whatever other communication strategies you already have in place. In other words, do you have a website? Like, if you don't have a website, please don't launch a Facebook, Instagram account. And here's why. There's two reasons. One, 80% of people visit a church website before they check out your church. 80% of new visitors. That's insane. So that would, when we heard that number several years ago, we literally were like, okay, we got to find the money and we have to build the best website we could build that would be entertaining informational and content driven that people would want to go and visit on a regular basis in other words is your website good enough that people come back to your site like do they want to come back or is it the same thing that's always been there for the past 18 years on internet five and and that's just what it is and let me tell you if that's your current website talk to me i have solutions i can give you that are easy and that are cheap to give you great content that looks good on your website. Do you have an email strategy? We do MailChimp e-news. That's another communication strategy. Uh, do you do video announcements on your weekend services or is it spoken announcements? So you have all of these different communication strategies and you have to ask yourself, based upon all the other communication strategies that I have, is it necessary that I post this, whatever it is, on social media or is it going to become a soapbox moment? Like, is that the best place for it? And what we learned at Journey is it's not the best place for it for us. Like, we got to the point where we were like, man, they just heard it. They came to church on Sunday. They, they got a flyer when they walked in the door. They got an email on Friday, excuse me, a Friday about it. Pastor Jim talked about it in his message on, on Sunday. Uh, then they got a recap uh, email through our blog on, mon- on Monday or Tuesday. And, and they got all this in one week. And now we're going to throw another social media piece at them. And it became information that they didn't want. But we thought it was important because we're in it all the time. 
And so sometimes, here's what happened to us. We started asking our, the wives of our pastors and our staff, because they're not in it as much. Not all the time. Sometimes they are, but not all the time. And we, asked, we started seeing, are our moms of staff or high influential leaders following our social media? Like, are they involved in it? Are they commenting? Are they sharing? Are they liking? And they weren't doing any of it. And so we took a step back, we paused, we kind of turned off the conversation for a minute, and we reevaluated. So that was the first big mistake that a lot of churches make. Uh, the second one is, is, again, another one that we made. Here's the second one. We have no strategy. We didn't. We just were like, everybody else is doing it, so we probably should. Like, we probably should have a Facebook wall. We probably should have an Instagram account. We probably should do this. We probably should do that. And we just started building things. And then we just started going, going at it. And uh, like three or four years ago, I was like, to my, my lead pastor, I was like, dude, you got to have a Facebook account. you got to have a Twitter. you got to have an Instagram account. And you got to post. And he was like, dude, I don't even want to have my cell phone on. He's horrible at it. And if he was in here, I would say this. He's horrible at it. But what he's good at is he's good at creating content. He's not good at pushing the content. And so we were like, okay, maybe there's, maybe there's hope here for us. How do we do this? And so we started going, okay, is there a strategy to what we're doing? Your social media strategy should fit into the communication strategy of your church, not be separate to that. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that we made. Churches that have no social media strategy will, will either do one of two things. They'll, they will not have a social media presence, which in this day and age, depending on the generation you're trying to target, is kind of dangerous uh, and kind of risky. It's actually kind of a waste of what you could be utilizing as a tool to reach people. Uh, or you just start pushing content and hope for the best. So at Journey, I was trying to count this earlier, how many social media accounts we manage. Well, we have um, our Instagrams for our lead pastor, our student ministry, and that's multi-site, so there's two more of those. Our kids ministry, our lead pastor and his wife. Uh, those are all the Instagram accounts, I think. There might be two or three more like subsets. So somewhere around nine or ten different Instagram accounts that we manage on a regular basis. Twitter is probably five or six, maybe seven or eight, depending on some other strategies that we're moving forward in. I don't know if some things have launched this week that I think we're planning on doing. Um, and then Facebook, every staff member has a Facebook, um, every you know, our, our lead pastor has a fan page. Uh, Zach Loomis is one of our worship leaders. Uh, he just launched his first CD, so he has a whole brand and a whole social media strategy that we're building uh, right now. And, and so there, there's a lot. That's, I would say we probably have somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 different social media channels that at Journey we're managing at one given time. That's a lot of voices. And so here's, here's what happened to us. We didn't have a strategy, and so what we would do is we would say, hey, we have this big worship night coming. You all have worship night, stuff like that? And you get super excited about it. Like, oh my God, I want everybody and their mother to be there. So you, you just go post crazy. So what we would do is we'd get in the room and we would go, we don't really have a strategy, so we're going to try to figure out one. And what we would do is we would send text messages out to our staff members and say, you're posting this at 3, 315, 4, 430, 545, 6, 7. Uh, you know, you, you're going to do it at 9 because you look like more of a night owl. And you're a mom. And I know that moms kind of check Facebook at 6 a.m. to 7.30 before their kids get up, and then around nap times. So and, and what ended up happening is I lo- opened my news feed, and there was like 800 of the same image over and over and over again. And I just wanted to throw my phone away because it was over. There was no strategy to it. It was, just, it was like walking into a parking lot and just throwing flyers in people's cars and hoping for the best. Maybe someone will come to it. 
And what happened is people just stopped listening to us, stopped paying attention, because we didn't have a strategy. We just started throwing spaghetti in the wall and hope for the best. So make sure that you have some sort of strategy. I hope that you have it at the end of today. Today, at the end of the day, today. Here's the third mistake. Uh, it's all about me. It's all about me. Churches are really good at this. Come to my event, come to our thing, come to our service. And those aren't intrinsically bad things, but they don't build relationships with people. If all you're posting is come to this event, there's no relationship. Let's say that you have a new person that comes to your church. You don't have coffee with them. You don't say hi. You don't give them a hug. You don't make them feel like they're important. You don't answer questions about the church. All you do is you start throwing flyers at them as they walk in the door. That's essentially what a lot of churches do on social media, and we have no relationship, versus uh, you have coffee, you sit down, you you serve them, you you follow up, how's your family, how's your kids, and then eventually you make the ask. Hey, have you joined a journey group? And now they want to engage in the conversation. We made this mistake for so long, and then we wondered why nothing was growing for us, why we had no impact, why things weren't uh, being facilitated. And here's the crazy part. We were spending so much energy and time for nothing. For a couple likes. I mean, there were days where I would sit and I would design all these graphics. We pushed a whole strategy out and we get like eight likes the whole weekend. And I would be like, I just spent nine hours doing this for eight likes? How many of you know that's a complete waste of time? That's like writing the best sermon ever and one person shows up. And you're like, okay, well, that was good. Great. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's those moments that we've really got to think uh, about it. And so relationship is is really uh, important. Here's a phrase I like to say to our team: um, communication is about the user, not the communicator. It's about the user. Who is using your social media networks? Is it moms? Is it teenagers? Who is it? And I want to show you some tools that can help you to navigate that today. Here's some other mistakes, just one-offs that I want to kind of throw out to you. Um, here's a question we get, we get on Journey all the time. When is the best time to post uh, on social media? Like, have you had that question? Like, when's the best time to post something? This is a company called HubSpot. We, I don't, we don't use HubSpot at Journey. I did a social media business on the side for a while, and I used HubSpot. It's more of a business platform. It helps you kind of gain traffic and followers. It's a great organization. They have awesome content. Um, basically, there's some of the things I'm saying today that I just stole from them, so that's cool that way. But they pu- push this out, and I'll give you access to it, and it's basically all the best times to post on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Instagram. Um, and so it kind of lays it out for you, um, and it really just depends on a lot of things. Um, but I'll send this out for you. Here's just so you can answer the best times on Facebook. The best times on Facebook that this company says is to post on Saturdays and Sundays between 12 and 1. That's good because that's like almost after church. But you've got to use that time. And, and I, I actually dug a little deeper, especially during soccer season. This is huge because moms are at the soccer field at noon on Saturdays. And they're watching their kids play and they're on their Facebook wall. Like... That's brilliant. That's genius information that we need to know. Between 3 and 4 p.m. on Wednesdays is another good time. And then 1 and 4 on Thursdays and Fridays. So if you look at some of the things that we, we post actually every single day at Journey, um, sometimes I agree with that. Sometimes I don't agree with that. Um, it all is based on the content. I'll talk about that in a minute. But 
those are the times for Facebook that they say is the best. Um, it might be different based upon you know your strategy. Uh, Twitter is used at work and at home, usually during downtimes like commutes and breaks. So like the five to five thirty time uh, during commutes is a big win, or in the mornings that's a big one, which is actually kind of scary if you think about that. <laughs> during commutes, like so, if you ever see a guy, he's probably checking his Twitter. How many of you have Twitter? I don't ask the Facebook question because it's really. Ever- does everybody have Facebook, or someone that does not have Facebook? Who does not have Facebook? Oh, good. Okay, that's good. I don't want to be in a social media class and someone's like, I don't have Facebook. Okay, we need to have a conversation. You have a first step. Let's go build a Facebook wall. Twitter again. Twitter. Okay, and then Instagram. Okay, cool. Here's the best time to post on Twitter. 12 to 3, Mondays through Fridays, and 5 to 6 on Wednesdays. Um, There's LinkedIn, Pinterest, and here's Instagram. This is the most popular one right now. Uh, anytime Monday through Thursday, except between 3 and 4. So if you catch that, anytime between Monday and Thursday, except for this 3 to 4 time, that's because they're on Facebook or Twitter at that time. Right? I mean, if you get into the Instagram habit, if you just scroll through everything. So it, Instagram has become a, like an all-day like type of thing. And Twitter and, and Facebook are a, a little bit different t- types of communication. So that's one of the questions we get. Um, I'll talk about tools in a minute and software uh, to answer some of those questions. But those are kind of some of the mistakes that we've made. So I want to talk about what Journey did uh, wrong, and I'm going to show you. This is Journey's Instagram wall. Um, so you can find it at Instagram.com backslash Journey people. We currently have 906 followers. We follow 427 people, and we just hit our 800th post. Um, I don't know if there's anything impressive about that. Or I don't think there is. It's just that's the reality of where we're at. So these are all the things that we're currently doing. Um, but I'm going to scroll all the way down uh, to like forever ago when we were just making a lot of mistakes. Uh, just so you get a frame of reference, I'm not even back to the beginning of the year yet. Like this is all, all this content is just within the last two months. This is still February. This is still February. Uh, that's still February. This is January. So up until probably January of this year, we were doing a lot of things really, really wrong. Okay, So here's where we are back at Christmas. And right around Thanksgiving is when we hired our social media person full-time and the whole game changed. But if you look back, uh, here's a good example. Look at this. We were really excited about our grit and grub night. That's within a matter of probably two days, four of the same exact posts. And those are the things that we did. We got some quotes in there. We had some good moments where we were doing a lot of cool cool stuff, but here's our all-in campaign, all of our event, event, event. Oh, look, an event, an event, an event, an event, an event, an event, an event. And we just, these are all events. All we did for years was post events. And it didn't do anything for us. It, it flooded the world with just over-announcement type event information. In fact, what it stopped us from doing is it stopped us from having a conversation. There was no content here that gave us... Here's the other thing we did wrong. We would post this image on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anything else that was a social media element all at the same time with the same image, the same content... And we would do it over and over and over again. And then, like I said, we'd have our staff regram it and reshare it across all their venues. 
and it killed us. Here's what we did different. This is, what we, this is where we, we changed. This is what I really want you to grab today. Uh, around Christmas this year, we stopped doing event marketing the way we were, and we started telling a story. So, for example, um, this is our marriage conference. Um, started here. So this is marketing the same event of a marriage conference right here. But all we did was we chose a different image, and we told a story. Servant leader, we started spotlighting people. Uh, we started doing quotes about our messages, about our messages. This is a blog that we started doing. This is celebrating our worship team, and our likes started jumping. 26, 28, 51, 38. We started telling a story, and what ended up happening is people started interacting with us on our social media platforms. There isn't a day that goes by now where we don't get a Facebook message, an Instagram message, a Twitter something, someone following up for, with us. In fact, we've started to lead people through the process of accepting Jesus through our social media platform. I can't tell you a more rewarding moment than when you post something on Twitter and someone clicks it and then calls your church and says, hey, I saw this quote on Twitter. It spoke to me. When's your next service? And we're like, you saw it on Twitter? Here's the crazy part. We don't even know when we post these things because we've scheduled them out a week in advance. So we forget. So we have changed the conversation from marketing to contextualizing content that applies to people. And what uh, platform do you do to schedule those out? There's several that we use. I can, I can jump there and talk about those now. Uh, here's the ones that we mainly use. I'll go ahead and put the screen back up. Um, Here's several of the tools that we use or that we're starting to use. The major tool that we use most often is Hootsuite. Uh, Hootsuite is a paid-for program. There's a free version of it. Uh, the free version doesn't give you a whole lot of flexibility, um, but it gives you some access in order to schedule different things in different platforms. Uh, Buffer is a little bit of a better uh, tool. Buffer I would use if you're scheduling Twitters, tweets, um, or if you're scheduling a Facebook posts. It doesn't work very, as good for Instagram, um, but it still does do a pretty good job. Edger and Tweet, we, we, we used to use TweetDeck. I should have put TweetDeck up here. TweetDeck is a great starting point. Like if you're just getting in the social media world, TweetDeck's a great first step for you. It's free. Um, you can apply multiple different layers. There's analytics involved in it. You can check keywords. Um, you can put uh, your, your Facebook page and, and all that all in one platform, and you can kind of manage it from there. It's also really good for volunteers. So if you're going to, like we're at the point now where we're going to do a big push. We want to have 20, a 25-person social media team uh, by summer, and all they're going to do is create content for us. And, and so that will be a good tool because what you can do, actually with any of these, so let's say that, you're, you're the person who manages everything. I'm actually going to be working with volunteers to create content. They can go onto their tweet deck. They can have access um, through their own user account. They can write content, and I have to review it before it gets scheduled to send out. So you're still controlling the message, but it gives volunteers an access point to serve in different ministries. And actually, here's the crazy part. Uh, two of our leading volunteers that we're working with right now are 14 and 16 years old, and they're brilliant. They can't write to save their lives, but they're brilliant. Like, they, they can't spell anything. It's so funny to me. Like, there and there, and it's so hilarious. So we're coaching them a little bit. But they're creating amazing content um, that really speaks to us. So they're, they're doing really this is a This is like a, an expert level. Edger, um, we're getting, or Edger, we're getting ready to start using 
uh, a trial of Avegra. Another one that we're looking at right now that we haven't pulled the trigger on is called Sprout Social. Sprout Social, um, Sprout's going to be something that I think we're going to love. It's the ability to manage everything in one, and it gives you the best analytics. It's kind of rated as the best analytics out there. So you'll be able to see interactions. I think we're going to even be able to see, like, when women post, when men post, age groups, and all that stuff. So you can target market. Like, if you have a women's event, we can target market certain times and hows and wins and, the, and those types of things. So those are some of the, those tools. Some additional ones that we use um, to create graphics. Um, this may be your biggest struggle. Is, man, I, 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 my graphic, how many of you have a full-time graphic designer on staff? Exactly. Okay, exactly. We don't have that. And so sometimes what ends up happening is in our strategy, we sit there and we go, man, I just can't create enough. We don't have time to create. These are great tools. This Canva, I actually want to show you Canva. Um, and then I'll open it up for questions. Canva is a phenomenal tool. Canva.com, it's completely free. With the exception of there are some times where you have to pay, you can pay for premium upgrades. So if you want to do something premium, like add a different layer... But this is so cool. You can actually create an account. You can go in here. There's pre-made template layouts. So let's say I want this one. I can actually pull this graphic over. It's already in your 612 by 612 pixelization for your Instagram. And you can actually go in here and you can change whatever you want. So let's say it's a women's breakfast. Put the date and the time, you know, June 8th. <laughs> and then you just follow the prompts. And it actually creates the graphic for you and saves it. It's called Canva, C-A-N-V-A. I will give that to you, yeah. Um, I just started, I'm a graphic designer as well, so I, I used to hate sites like this. But when you're trying to create, like I create somewhere between 25 and 60 Instagram graphics a week, you just, like you run out of stuff. You're like, I just, I just found the, like the last thing I want to do is create it. So I just jump on here and within five minutes I have a full graphic. I send it over, drop my logo and I'm done. Yeah. Is that just for social media, or can you use that? You can use it for anything. You can use it for flyers. You can use it for your your e news, your posters. Like, there's tons of different templates in there. Um, there are some like depending on like if you're getting into like printing billboards and stuff like that, don't do this. Or if you're doing like t-shirts and stuff, don't do this because the quality is not going to be there in terms of print. But anything digital that you're doing, like what about like uh, 16 by nine or what yep. you call it? Sermon slides, uh, screens on your for your announcements, absolutely. It lays it out on 16 by 9 or 1080 by 920. So, and it's completely free. Here's, don't tell your lead pastor about this. Just start making stuff <laughs> and send it to him. Be like, dude, I should get a raise because I'm awesome at this, and he will never know, or she'll never know. And it's <laughs> let the notes reflect, you know. Uh, but it, it makes you look like you're the best designer on the planet, and it just it only takes a couple moments to, to really kind of function through. And I know I'm making it sound a lot simpler than it probably is for some of you because I live in a graphic design world. Like, I open up Photoshop and I do it. But that's a great, that's a great tool um, for you. That probably paid for the full price of your admission for some of you. Uh, let me go through these other three, and then I'll, I'll answer one of your questions. Over is a great iOS or Android app on your phone. You can actually pull it out, download over. I think it's $1.99. It's a text overlay. So let's say you're at an event, you take a photo with your iPhone or your low-budget droid, um, for all of you who have droids. Uh, and then you can actually like type text. There's tons of different like squares and shapes and stuff. You throw it on there and, and hit send. And it actually sends directly from over 
onto your social media platforms in the exact size that you need it to be so you don't have to finagle all these different sizes and all that. So over is a great one. Formula is good for filters if you're really into like making pictures look cool or if that's you. Like I use, these, are, these three I use almost every day. So what I'll do is just so you, you see my strategy. I'll be sent, like tomorrow morning at our, our services. I'm a, I'm a campus pastor as well, but we do a thing called Sunday Set List. I don't know if you guys do that. Um, but I'll take a photo of one of our worship teams on my phone. I'll go into Over, and I'll open up all my text. I'll type in all the, the names of the songs. If you follow me, you'll see it tomorrow. Um, all the names of the songs and all that. I'll then uh, export it into formulas. I'll throw a cool filter over it to make the picture look better. And then I'll drop it into Union and overlay our Journey logo, the little our Journey J or whatever your logo is. I'll export, and within five minutes, I have a social media post. And it's done. Here's the best part. Our social media strategist, the woman we hired, knows nothing about design, is not creative at all, and is horrible at like layout. She now does about half of our social media posts because of these tools. You can do it. It just takes some time to, to learn it. Did you have a question I can answer? Yeah, I was just wondering, like, um, uh, copyright issues. Like, I saw, saw the graphics up there. Mm-hmm. Is that an issue with this? It's totally freeware. It's totally royalty-free. Another cool website for those of you that you know, want stock photos, unsplash.com is a great website. Um, unsplash, unsplash.com. Here's my only fear with telling you that. It's, it's widely becoming known. And so what's happening is you'll pick an image, and then if you follow other churches, you'll start seeing them using the same stock image. And so just, just know that going in that you're, you might be sharing some of that uh, content uh, to kind of help you. Another thing I'll, I'll give you a pointer on, inspiration. Like, I'm the kind of guy that, I want to know what other churches are doing, but I hate going on to my own personal Instagram and scrolling for 13 minutes because I follow 900 people. Like, I don't know if that's you, but there's only like eight people that I really want to, and that sounds really cruel, but I just don't have the time for it. Right, and you laugh, but it's, isn't it right? Yes, exactly right. So as a social media strategist, here's what I'll encourage you to do. Start an Instagram account with another email address. I'm going to answer your question. With another email address, uh, it'll create another login, um, and just follow anybody and their mother that you want to. Like, I have another Instagram account, and I literally follow any and every church that we have relationship with or that is doing something of significance. And I will sometimes sit, and I have an hour creative time every week that I sit down, I literally just scroll through. And then I hold the right part of my iPhone and the home button, and I take photos, and I'm like, and I store it. I'm like, that's a good idea. And it helps me to kind of strategize some different ideas of what other churches are doing. It's called um, theft, but um, Jesus did it, um, so I'll do it as well. It's resourcing, yes. It's tools. It it, it is. So let me answer this question, uh, uh, account creation. You can create any number of Instagram accounts you want, but you have to do it under unique email addresses. Ah. Do you have an iPhone? Yeah. You might have to just log out of everything and take off that password program and then and then retry it. Yeah. Instagram did just launch an update, I believe. If there's any Instagram studs out there, I think you can now multiple post from multiple Instagrams. Yeah. It just start. It just launched like two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. If you come up and afterwards, I'll I'll walk you through it. But I think you can now do that. It, that was the most annoying thing about Instagram, where you have to log out of. Like, if I wanted to post something, I'd have to log out of the Journey one, log into the Journey students one, and then log into my own, and then my son has one, and my wife has one, and 
I was managing my lead pastors and my lead pastor's wife. So at any given time, I had like nine Instagram accounts open. and It's annoying, but that's what we do. We do. It's a combination. The whole lead pastor thing is a totally different, and I can talk about that, but we manage our, well, we don't manage our lead pastor's wife, although we're trying to get her to let us to do that. And the reason why is because whenever Pastor Jennifer posts anything, like she could post sitting at a red light picking my nose, and like 900 people interact with her. But then like our lead pastor will post something like, miraculous that Jesus did and like only 100 people and so he gets mad he's like you're supposed to pick your nose and everyone's following you so she has a wide variety of audience we're trying to establish her brand so we want to I would say if you can convince your lead pastor to allow you to do the strategy for him it's a win for you but it takes it takes the right person now Pastor Jim approves everything that we send out and he can post his own stuff too it's not like he doesn't have access to it um, we just create content for him. So, like, if you follow at Jim Wilkes, J-I-M-W-L-I-L-K-S, on Twitter, you will, he will blow your phone up so bad because he posts, like, nine to ten times a day on Twitter. But he doesn't have a clue he's posting any of it. <laughs> and I won't say that outside of this room, but if you... I'll deny it if you say it to anybody else. But, but if you go on and you say, Pastor Jim, that Twitter post you posted yesterday was brilliant, he'll be like, oh, my gosh, I know, dude. I've had a lot of good stuff lately. He doesn't have a clue. He doesn't know, because we're using Buffer to take his sermon. A, a person sits down, reads his sermon, and they pick out 8 to 10 key points, and they post them on Twitter, and they go out throughout the week at scheduled times. And we're gaining a lot of uh, cool following from that. Did, was there a question back here? Yeah. yeah I was say, uh, so, a couple questions. Like, the like and share, like, what's, is it better that people will share your posts? Like it is always, 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 in my opinion, better that people share it versus like it. Now, I say that with caution because the popular feed in Facebook has kind of moved to the top of their priority list. So let's say that you post some content and 90 people like it, and you post some content and four people like it, your content's going to show up on the popular feed of most people's friendship pages that you like versus hers. And so there is some value to that like. And then they added that whole like, like, dislike, yeah. There's like a whole new thing now. Yeah, I'm on it Facebook for like four minutes a day. I just can't do it. Um, but it, it, it really just depends. But for me, shareability is way better. So we posted a video. You can actually see it on our Facebook wall. Um, we posted a video. We started a paid marketing campaign for, um, for the last series that we did for our marriage conference. And uh, come on, computer. We, so we posted this whole deal about there was this little girl uh, in our church, and we actually caught her doing a, a video feed. And we did, so if you look on our Facebook wall, you'll see post reach. Did it go away? I'll tell you. So on the right side of our Facebook wall, it says post reach 5,814. On the right side, it says likes and shareability. I think it was like 1,400. When we added that video, our numbers doubled from that because uh, 814 people shared that video across all their platforms. And so what ended up happening is, in one day, our marriage conference went from, I think it was 100 and some registrations to like 180 in one day, just from that one post, because it was shareable content. It was a little girl, and we sat down and interviewed her. Have you ever seen that, been into a Cavs game or something where they interview the kids, and it's like the cutest thing ever, and everybody wants to buy whatever product you're selling? Yeah, we used kids for that. Um, we don't care. 
So we asked this little girl, does she want to get married? What was her wedding going to look like? And she was the cutest little thing ever, and it just was shareable content. Everybody thought it was awesome. Versus just sharing a post, it was shareable content. It was something that you'd want to watch. Ask yourself that question before you post anything. Would I read this? Would I like this? Would I share this? And if you won't, don't post it. <laughs> like, it's better to not post anything than to post unshareable or un like story-built content. Yeah? Question. I don't know how many senior pastors we have in the room. But of a church that's not as big as Journey, 100, maybe 100 people, um, for a senior pastor, this is like, wow, man, this is a big workload with already what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. how do we break it down where it's not overwhelming with everything Perfect. else that we're doing? So take your first step. Okay, so your first step is, what is our strategy? So our strategy is to reach people. I'll answer. I'll try to answer your question. How do we take the audience and, and reach the church? What's our strategy? I would encourage you, pick a sermon series. Pick a, an event. Pick something that is passionate to you as a lead pastor, or for those of you who are trying to start out, passionate to your lead pastor's heart, and build a strategy upon utilizing social media for that event. Do it so it's measurable, meaning... I'm going to post some, some sort of content story, something that I'm going to be able to get analytics on the back side of that. Those tools I told you, Buffer, Hootsuite, will, will be able to help you to see how they got shared, who liked them, who watched them, and then measure it. So within three to four weeks, you'll be able to start seeing. Here's the mistake people make. They go out and they're like, I'm going to do social media. And they create a Facebook and a Twitter and an Instagram, and they just start sharing stuff, and then they get so overwhelmed that they start creating content that isn't shareable. Get one network working well. If you had to pick one, I would pick Facebook. And the reason I would pick Facebook is because everybody's on Facebook. But not everybody's on Instagram. And nobody in your church except for probably the teenagers are on Snapchat. So if you're like, let's do Snapchat. Listen, you're not going to do anything with it. It's going to waste your time unless you're trying to grow your youth ministry. And then your youth pastor should be doing that. Like if your youth pastor does not have a Snapchat, you should walk up to them and slap them. Like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, every teenager is on Snapchat. Do it. Like, and they can figure it out. Or they can call me and I'll help them. Uh, but, so I would say, what is your first step? Do something well. So how many of you have a church Facebook wall right now? Or a fan page? Awesome. How many of you have a Facebook fan page or for your church? Uh, yeah. A Facebook page for your church. Yeah. Start there. Start posting content there. Maybe that's a story. Maybe that's a testimony. Maybe that's, you know, uh, a, a cool picture that advertises your event. Yeah. I have a question. What's better for a church? A page or a group? I would do a page. Yeah. Uh, so here, when, you, when, you think of a, when I think of the group side of things, it always makes me leery because I think that there are, Facebook's changed it a couple times, but groups seem like you're in my group. But a fan page is like, you're in my group. And when it comes to the, the church perspective, I want anybody and everybody to feel like they can be a part of what we're doing. And so we lean towards the fan page side of things. And there's also limitations on that. Like groups can only have so many, so many things. And So let me backpedal a little bit and say, our Journey Church brand of Facebook has a fan page. Our campuses have groups right now. Our multi-sites. So our main campus, not our main campus, our original campuses in Fairview Park, it averages about 1,000 people a weekend. 
our, that does not only has the fan page. Our Pepper Pike campus has about 125 to 175 adults on a weekend. They have a group, and they communicate within that group to create community. But that doesn't post live to everybody. Our Jefferson campus is, anybody know where Jefferson, Ohio is? If you drive northeast until you see corn, you're getting close. It is in the middle of nowhere. And half the people, we did a big Facebook push about a year ago, and they were like, we don't even have Facebook. They were like, we don't even have computers and internet. And so we had, to, we had to work with that, and we had to change our... So Jefferson gets flyers more than any other campus because that's how we communicate to that church, to that campus. And we had to tailor to the user. So I would do a fan page. I think we have like a fan page or a page for our church, but we also have a group where like we do devotions together as a church. Does that kind of work for us? You can. So here's the question you have to ask yourself. Okay. Why wouldn't you share devotional content on the fan page? What if... Johnny's friend, who is, is a friend of Johnny, but he's in your devotional group, shares that content. Is that a bad thing that he sees it? So you're always trying to create rich content. Stop posting announcements. I'm not saying don't announce your events. Stop posting announcements. If you're going to advertise a marriage conference, tell a story about a couple whose life was changed because something happened at your church and put a link to your website backslash marriage uh, I promise you it's going to go further tell that story I, I heard this example once um, how many of you had a situation where uh, well you were all how many of you were in youth group growing up yeah so we didn't have social media then we just hoped that someone would throw a dodgeball at us and invite us to the event right um, well now we live in a world where that content is available through social media but what ends up happening is what some youth pastors will do is they'll post a dodgeball thing and then a mom or uh, an older woman will see it and she won't be able to relate to it. So what we've started to do is we, we change the conversation. We say, hey, remember when you were a kid and you used to go to camp and da 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 And almost everybody can reminisce with that at some point. And then we put coming soon, da-da-da, dodgeball, youth page, and then we drive traffic. We, we never want to create content that someone will just scroll over because now you've lost them from the conversation. So you want to try to create content that's rich. Okay? Let me try to answer some of these other questions. I think I covered the first two. That one. Your goal of engagement. That's a question. Who asked that question, the goal of engagement? Can you re- am I answering it or do you, do you want me to clarify a little bit more? Okay, so... My, our goal of engagement is, are we getting people to take their next step? So the mission of Journey Community Church is to help people love God more and love more people. And we're all about helping you take your next step towards Jesus or, and or towards serving other people. So everything that we do has to live in that boundary or we're operating outside of the mission of the church. See, here's the funny part. We do this in every other, area of the church, uh, every other area of the church, except for social media most of the time, because we kind of see it as it being off by itself. Slide that social media underneath your vision and your mission, and then that's how you engage people. Engage them to follow your mission. Engage them to whatever it is. There's a church on the West Coast. So there's this uh, uh, gather, grow, and go. So everything that they do fits in one of those three things. One, every one of their posts. It's either a gather post, a grow post, or a go post. And that's what they do. That's their strategy. And it keeps them within the boundaries of their mission. And that's how they engage their audience, because they're pushing content out there that makes you want to grow, go, or gather. 
and that's how they're engaging. So you have to figure out, what, are you, what is the win for you as a church? Our win is engagement. Our win is getting people to help, getting people to take their next step in whatever area we're trying to push, and we're, we're trying to tell a story. If I had to narrow it down, I would say our biggest strategy right now is we're trying to tell a story. We're trying to tell people that God really still does do miracles. Like, he really still does change lives. And we're just doing it through this venue of social media. All right? Does that help you? Steps? I I would say every church is unique, but every church has a next step. So I can help you with whatever, wherever you're. I have to kind of get a little bit of a framework of where your church is at. But you just need to take whatever your next step is. So for me, that is getting good at one of those platforms. I would get good at Facebook first, and then I'd probably move to Instagram. I'm not a big Twitter fan, although I see the positives of Twitter. Does that make sense? Like, I see how it could be used, but I'm not a big fan of Twitter because it's just so much information. So I would do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then re-engage the conversation uh, at some other point. Other questions? Yes? Okay, so um, I can actually, I'm, I'm going to try to bring up my website now, and I'm going to try to show you my, our website uh, here at Journey. I oversee web, our, we have a Journey app as well, and I oversee our social media. Um, we designed our website to create community within conversation. So our homepage is always, is all directed towards the new user, to the new experience. We see over 8,000 unique organic visitors a month to our website. Um, that just type in, just Google churches in Cleveland, and because we've done a lot of back-end work, we have people that just check out our website constantly. So our homepage is directed to that new user, that new person that's searching for a church or that's broken or looking for something. And then we have campus pages. So we have our Fairview Park campus, our Pepper Pike, our Jefferson, and soon-to-be our Avon campus. And through those channels, that's where we market campus-specific information. So we've built it as, okay, you go to the Fairview Park campus, you need to come to journeypeople.com backslash Fairview Park to find out about events, to find out about new things that are happening, maybe a sermon series, a new group that's launching, some sort of content that's specific to your, to your campus. And that has automatically driven people to come back to our website. And then Google has this really cool trick where they will, um, they will up you in searchability and they will up you in... Um, you know, if you search like churches in Cleveland, journey's pretty high because we send out new content to our website constantly through blogs. We'll update event content, pictures, video, all of that builds your what's called search engine optimization, and that builds you up into likes. The second part of that is um, whenever you do a post, you're driving them to some place on your website. So almost all of our posts will have something like journeypeople.com journeypeople.com backslash marriage, journeypeople.com backslash sermon series, or whatever it is, to get them to drive back. So I, don't, I have to pull up the statistics to tell you where we are. We're in the thousands of people that click through social media and come to our website. And a lot of those are people that are inside of our communication. The last thing that we did, and this was, this was risky for us, we have a policy at Journey. It's called New Improved Improving. So we'll try something new, and we'll take big risks, and sometimes it's the most cattywampus idea we can think of to try to, to engage people in a conversation, and then we'll improve that. We live in a world that we're always improving something. We're just always trying to make it better. Um, so what, we, what we're trying to do now is we're limiting what we will hand you or communicate to you at a weekend service. 
we're stop, we're backpedaling on every single ministry being announced and every single ministry getting their their platform. And it's forcing, and then we're saying, check out our Facebook wall for all the updated information. And we're driving that traffic. Check out our journey website. And we're driving that traffic. Because here's the reality. You can't say everything on a Sunday morning anyways. And what we've learned is, if our win for the weekend is, uh, like this month, it's called Paint, uh, Love Ran Red as our sermon series. We're driving everything to March 19th, which is called Paint the Town Red. And we're going door to door in four communities and just loving on people. It's called Paint the Town Red. That's our whole strategy. Anything that we do that doesn't say Paint the Town Red competes with that message. So we've said to our lead pastor, what is the one thing that you want to happen this month? I want Love Ran Red, Paint the Town. Okay, cool. Everything else becomes secondary. And we find other ways to market that across the board versus everything at once. Have you ever been ever in a church on a Sunday morning and you're just like, oh my God, announcements were just nine minutes long. Right? And maybe they were good. Maybe the videos were hilarious. And they were great. Or maybe that MC that you have is like the best MC ever. And he should be like Jimmy Fallon's co-star. But still, doesn't it always compete with the big message for the day? And if, I don't know if your lead pastor is like my lead pastor, but he's backstage like, oh my God, like I only have 35 minutes. And I have the best news ever today. So we try to platform him with that space and that time. And so we're taking some risks. We're not marketing like we used to. We're backpedaling. We're using posters. Um, we have an event book. That's another thing we did. We printed a 24-page uh, event book. It's like CD cover size. as all the events for our semester. So if anybody goes, what's the next event? Here, read this. And it just has helped us. It's really pushed traffic for us. Other questions? I think we're, we're close to running out of time, but I don't want to miss your questions. Yes, sir? Peter.curlin at journeypeople.com. I don't know why this computer is hating me right now. K E R L I N at journeypeople.com. You can also message me on any of my social media channels, and it's my first initial and then my last name. If you Facebook message me and I don't respond, don't hate me. I'm just not really good at that. So what ended up happening is I spent four years in social media and it burnt me. I just got totally burnt out on social media. And so we hired somebody and now I don't even, I don't even, I'm not the doer anymore. I'm the strategist now. So I sit back and go, dude, that picture was horrible. Can you never post that again? I sit back and go, why did you post that content? Like no mom is going to read that content. Like why would you do that? No, no, you need to build it. Because who are, what's the biggest demographic on social media? Anybody know? It's moms. Biggest Facebook group right now? Anybody know? 50 to 7-year-old women. Is that weird? It's a little weird. Grandma's on Facebook, y'all. Grandma's on Facebook. That's not that weird. You can market to grandma. That gives our church some hope. And it goes back to that original quote that I said, that if, if you can really encapsulate the, the ability that you have as a communicator, you can use your uniqueness as a voice to reach people for Jesus. The strategy is easier than the content. My challenge to you is spend time developing content. Here's the greatest part. Your pastor spends hours a week developing content 
that if you don't utilize, gets filed in a file folder and never touched again. Why not leverage the 6, 8, 10, 15 hours that your lead pastor spends in producing a life-giving message from the Holy Spirit and utilize that for the rest of your week? Why wouldn't we do that? Why do we have to recreate content all the time? Use it. Say, Pastor, I need you to email me your message, and if you could highlight the four things that you really are passionate about, I will take care of the rest. And you open up Canva, and you take that quote, and you put it up there, and then after church on Sunday, you go, boom, check this out. He will lose his mind. Because what, you, what you've really done is you said, this is so important to you that it became important to me, and I want to help you to communicate what God told you. Versus... Hey, come check out this event. Right? Create a conversation, build relationships, and you will be very effective in uh, changing you know, your social media strategy. I'm available for questions. Uh, I'll stick around if you have thoughts or if you want to connect for a couple minutes. And I mean it when I say it. We are here as a resource to you. I hope, uh, if you know Journey at all, we want to help you. So please reach out to us and we will do everything we can. I will connect you personally with our social media strategist and she will walk you through building your network if that's what it takes to help you reach people. All right? Have a great afternoon. Thank you for being at Synergy and I'll be around for a while.